episode of the Dreamer's Manual podcast. This is going to be a fun one because I actually just get to sit down and talk to you guys, which with summer vacation in full swing has felt like it's more complicated maybe than it should be. But that's sort of what we're here to talk about today. I was going through for my own self sort of a mid-year check-in. I don't know if you guys do this, but I like to think July as it closes into August what's happened this year, what goals have I reached, what goals are still outstanding, if anything shifted. I just sort of like to take stock. Also, this year, by the way, feels like it has flown by. Every month just goes so fast and I blink and it's mid-month and then I blink again and the month's over. So I think it was also a good exercise for me to slow down, kind of take stock and think about all the things that have been happening and the things that are coming up. So I think we should just jump right in. So good news first or bad? (laughs) Not that there's a lot of bad news, but I would say let's start with the good. And I don't mean to breeze through these things because I'm just going to talk about a few relatively quickly, but I want to acknowledge that celebrating our wins, talking about them, enjoying them is an important part of the process. So just because I might be spending less time on these doesn't mean that they're not, that they haven't been celebrated and that they are important. But sometimes the shakeups, they just take up more mental space, right? So starting with the good, we launched the hiring course. And I have to say it felt so good. It felt like I did everything I could, you know, like I left everything on the table and it's only going to get better and better. Beyond that, creating the material for the course has just flowed so well. And I'm really proud of the things I put in there. I feel like some of the assets and tools are things that I have never seen in other programs. Like with the team, we created this calculator where you can plug in your goal income or how much you're making and then, you know, kind of tweak the offers. It's really based on sort of loosely on profit first and how they allocate their percentages. And then not only does it give you a breakdown for your team, but even into individual team members. So you know what you can budget for the team members. So it just takes some of the guesswork out of that. So tools like that, I think are so valuable and helpful. And because, you know, I can have the ideas, but if I don't have support to help execute those, they're just not going to get done. So having uh, Ellen, who's amazing with spreadsheets, really be able to take the all the thoughts in my brain and put them into products has just been such a joy. It's like seeing it come to life. And then for those of you that don't know, I am a one of the mentors in Sarah No Kids OBM school. And Again, talking about a program that really just shows up and serves those students and helps them achieve amazing things, ultimately stay home and have the life and the family and the business that they dreamed of. So we just did a little mini workshop in there on creating your freebie and 
hanging out with those gals. It's just a joy. There's nothing about that that I don't absolutely love. So that's something that has continued just to go really well. We're by the end of this year, we'll have closed in on two years of being a mentor in that community. So really exciting. And then clients. I I absolutely love the clients that I have and I have been with them for a very long time. So as an OBM, there is a joy of having a team in place and having systems in place and just having things work the way that the owner envisioned. And there's also a, like a sincere amount of joy in kind of coming into someone's closet, right? Taking everything out, kind of putting it back in a way that makes sense, organizing it, but it's more esoteric because it's in you know, it's stuff that's in their mind. It's stuff that is kind of all over the place. So I am opening up a spot to take a client in the fall and I haven't had an opening in a while. So I'm really excited about what that partnership and what that journey is going to look like. And of course the team, um, is always amazing. It's just absolutely the best. Everybody is still doing well and trucking along. If you want, you can check out our team episode. We had that, it feels like a million years ago, but it was a really fun one where we just talk about what it's like to work in this business with me, how we've structured things, and just a little bit more about everybody that's supporting what's happening behind the scenes. So that's all the good (laughs) I'm sure there's more good. I could probably make a long gratitude list, but let's talk about some things that maybe I didn't see coming. Maybe I did and I was in denial. Who knows? So systems, everybody's got their tech stack that they love. And let's talk about FG funnels. So I love what the owners of that business are doing. Julie and Kathy, have just really inspired me at so many steps along the way. They've educated me. They've trained me through various programs that I've taken through them. And I just really adore who they are. Now, FG Funnels is their version of uh, kind of an all-in-one funnel software, for those of you that don't know. And it's white labeled from Go High Level. So if you're familiar with Go High Level, FG Funnels is the same platform. And I think there's always a draw for me to simplify. It's a draw for my clients and it's definitely a drive behind what we do. And sometimes I'm willing to put myself out there as a little bit of a test dummy and try things out also just to see how they work, how you can apply things in real life. And in my opinion, the funnel designs that are coming out of FG Funnels are just the best that I see their templates and they have their templates for Kajabi. They have their templates for all the different platforms, but I just, I love them. And part of with FG funnels, you can get any of those templates for free. You just pick one, ask it to be put in your account and get it set up. But what I found that for my business is the back end was way too complicated for what I want to do. And for the amount of time that I have. And also I am not naturally the most techie person. I always strive to be more tech minded and I like getting in and doing that stuff, but it's not a natural talent or thing that comes to me easily. So basically in the back end, you have to build the thing, which was not that hard to do, but then you have to connect and create all these automations. 
And now they do have, I think there's an upsell. You can buy packs of automations for like a hundred bucks or something. But I think Brandy Mouse described it recently, like sort of like working with Zapier. You just have to do so much connecting. And for me, it just, it was becoming too much of a burden and for the team, frankly. And also I had my emails over there. I'd switched from MailerLite and just brought my emails into FG Funnels because hello, um, all in one. And it was just a challenge. We had something where if the system or your automation or you didn't manually assign an email to a user, in this case me, it wasn't putting the unsubscribe button on the bottom of the email. So like five emails out of, you know, all of them would go out without an unsubscribe button, but hey, that's illegal. We can't do that. Uh, It was just very frustrating to try to get things figured out. So all that to say, I will still use those templates. I love that business, but for now I have to move away from FG Funnels. So I went over to ConvertKit and within a matter of a, you know, two days, I had transferred all of the funnels, all of the emails over there. It just felt so much more freeing, easier for me to create what I wanted to create the automations. Like I wanted a link where you could click and opt out of a promotional sequence, but still choose to stay on the list. I always appreciate when people offer that to me and I wanted to offer that to other people. So things like that was just so easy and intuitive to set up. It's just a beautiful thing. And for the course, because the course was also in FG funnels, we'll move that for now back over to Kajabi, which, you know, it's, double the price. So that part is not ideal, but also they have an app that you can use. And I really love to listen to courses on the go. I, that's one of the reasons why with a course, I put all the lessons on Hello Audio because I wanted people to be able to take the lessons easily on the go. And sometimes this has happened with me. There's a course in Podia, for example, that I took and you'd have to leave the window open in order to listen to the lesson while you were on the go. So if I was running or walking outside, I'd have to sort of leave the window open to be able to listen to that lesson. And that wasn't helpful. So I like that Kajabi has an app. It complements really well what I'm trying to do because I want people to have freedom. I, one of my big values is creating freedom and that is even freedom from having to sit in front of your computer and consume content if that's not the way that your brain works. So that is one of the things happening in my back end. The rest of my tech stack, ClickUp, Dubsado, Captivate for the podcast are all staying the same. Uh, I'm still loving those and using them on a daily and weekly basis. So what else didn't work? This one is a vulnerable one. <laughs> and I think there's always some disagreement. Is it Brene Brown who says you share from the scar, not from the wound? This feels like a little bit in the wound, but you know, in real time, this is what happens sometimes. And I'm still unwinding this for myself. You might've heard me, if you're a listener of the podcast, you might've heard me talk about building a digital shop. Now I spent a lot of time (laughs) and a lot of money investing into creating this digital shop. And what was happening is something just wasn't feeling right. Like it wasn't gelling. Things weren't coming together. I had these ideas, but 
they weren't kind of falling into this neat package under one umbrella. You couldn't really get a name or get kind of a marketing or a message when it felt like they the products were in three separate categories ultimately. And once I was able to step back and say, okay, why is this not working? What is not working about it? Is there a better way to do this than what I'm trying to do? And once I was able to step back, I realized that I was way, way overcomplicating things. If I just set up a tiny offer, otherwise known as, you know, a pocket product, an SLO, um, I could set that up in the back end up in Kajabi and really be able to promote and give voice to those offers separately, have them do their own things. And they didn't all have to live in a digital shop. They could have a little bit of a, you know, a bonus with each one, something else you can add on to that purchase. They could lead a purchaser on a really unique journey and ultimately work better for my business all around. Now, Maybe this sounds like it was an easy thing to get to, but really the process of sort of having to grieve the idea that I had, the work that I had done, the money that I spent and myself for, you know, what I could label as a mistake. I ultimately don't believe learning is a mistake. I do think sometimes maybe I lean on the side of taking on more learning opportunities than I should with the knowledge that it does help my clients. Ultimately, building a digital shop can be a really good choice, especially in the times that we're in and for certain businesses. So I definitely (laughs) have a lot of knowledge and skills and ideas for digital shops now that I did not have before this experience. But having said that, would in my mind, would I have rather just gone ahead and created this, these SLO funnels and not have gone through the whole digital shop thing and reclaim that time? Yeah. (laughs) In my mind, I think that, I mean, who knows what the future holds, but I think this is the best decision and it flowed so easily. It's just like, you know, when things are just working out for you, how they just unfold and it feels almost effortless. And that's what this process has felt like. So RIP digital shop (laughs) and welcome into the world. These tiny offers, you know, some of the bonuses for me when I was thinking about it, the tiny offers are simple to set up. They're interchangeable. They're really targeted. I think that's important. And, you know, if you follow people online like um, Tarzan K, who I follow and really listen to her when it comes to email marketing and advice in that world, she talks about how people are really wanting to have a message that targeted to them, not these broadcasts that are massive and really some of them have something to do with you and some of them don't with tagging and various things you can do in the back end of your email marketing platform. You can really speak directly to what someone is coming to your business for. One of my free downloads is hundred ways to work with an OBM. So for someone who's looking to hire an OBM, they need sort of that brainstorming or that idea they're stuck on, you know, what they can or need to hire for in their business, that's a good place for them to start. And really, they might not need 
emails about other subjects that I might talk about. They might not need the whole hiring program. They might just want to hire an OBM and have the OBM, in this case, me, (laughs) do the hiring for them. In the same way that somebody who is building their business, their desire to hit those six-figure months or whatever their growth or revenue goals are, and part of that is hiring, they might not be in the mindset at all of hiring an OBM, Um, So they don't need those type of emails or that content, but I could speak to them really directly about how to fill that gap, how I can help support them in that journey. So I like the tiny offers for being able to communicate and help people really directly with what exactly they need help with. And I think that just means people get the help they need faster and easier, which I'm all about that. Okay, so enough about... (laughs) the uh, sadness, the grief process over the digital shop we have implemented and have been using, I believe since last January, the eight week sprints in our business. And if you guys want, I could do uh, like an episode about how that looks for us. I really learned it from Brandy Mouse and she has a podcast we can link that talks about eight week sprints and using those in her business. She's used it longer than we have. So you can definitely check that out. But I found for me, I didn't love planning in 90 day cycles in my own business. I need something that is more digestible. And I also like planning for projects for 90 days. I also can work on things faster and I'm more motivated to get them done if I can move on to the next thing. Three months to me seems like a long time and in online business, truthfully, things can move and change so fast that I need to be able to respond to those changes and to be able to plug that stuff in. So the eight week sprint looks like sort of week one is planning out what the sprint is going to be, plugging in those tasks into, for me, ClickUp and figuring out how to execute what we want in those six weeks. Then the sprint is the six weeks of getting all of those things done, usually two to three things, um, but not more than that, not unless they were very small, in which case maybe they don't belong in a sprint anyway. And then that last week is a reward. And so you rest. You could take a little staycation or a vacation. You just celebrate what you've accomplished and don't do anything until the next week when you ideate what's going to happen. And then that sprint starts all over again. So I feel like I have been able to smash so many goals while still ultimately feeling agile and not trapped in these more long-term plans. And again, that just works for me and my brain. It doesn't mean that works for everybody, but I do like to talk about things that are working and just give you guys ideas of what you might want to investigate for yourselves. Now, I know I did a little episode about our summer schedule at the beginning of this summer, which feels like yesterday, honestly. Overall, the summer was really good. I feel like I rested a lot more than I expected. I do really strongly believe that when you're getting the signals to rest that you take them. And sometimes especially when we're doing any type of internal work, I think that can exhaust us and sort of, and it can wear us down physically more than we might even realize. So I think it's important to give yourself permission to rest as much as you possibly can when you need it. I also think there was just a lot more interruptions than 
I would like. And if anything, I'm excited about having the house to myself at all (laughs) for even like five minutes uh, to be able to have that uninterrupted work time because I can work interrupted, but sometimes it just like I lose my motivation and it pulls me out of what I'm doing. So I, I always love a new season. I love the shifts and gifts of a new season. I think there's a lot to look forward to in the next few months. I'm super excited. And so even though I always mourn the loss of summer, which in Alaska, it ends very quickly and we'll like, we'll really quickly descend into cold and dark, but that's for another show. But that just means more cozy knitting, fire, warm soup, warm drink time. Now, as to what's coming up, there's some really exciting things that I cannot wait for in the next few months. One of them is there's a couple workshops coming. So one, I'm partnering with Sarah Noked to create a really powerful visibility workshop for OBMs, DOOs, project managers. It's going to be in-depth, but not overwhelming. And it's going to be four weeks long. So there's lots of learning and lessons to be had, but if you can walk away with an authentic visibility plan that's simplified, that doesn't consume your life, you don't have to be an expert to be able to be successful and have this work for you and hit your goals. Oh, I really, really can't wait. We did a planning session um, in real time today when I'm recording this and I have pages of notes. So we're putting those uh, in action and putting that together for you guys. I also, before that, so that workshop's going to be launching in October and it's going to go through, I think, the first week of November. So before that, September, I also have a workshop for you. So definitely keep your eyes out for that. I'll be talking about it and I'm sure promoting it on social media. With the SLO, we have two of those tiny offer products that are coming out in the next few weeks. So that will be August of 2022. So definitely I'll talk about those on the podcast. You can check those out. That's really, really fun. And then coming up is the year anniversary for the podcast. In some ways, it feels like I have been podcasting forever and I can't imagine a time in my life where this wasn't a thing and I didn't get to do this and talk to you guys and meet so many really amazing, incredible people on the show. But it is, it's a year. And and I'm so proud of how far we've come. I always, you guys know, or if you don't, you will. I always have ideas about what's coming next. One of the things that has definitely been requested is sort of a panel of OBMs. I'm thinking three. I have one amazing OBM that's already committed to doing it. And so we're going to just talk about our journey from what it was like to transition from whatever we're doing before to working as an OBM, and then what the journey of our business has looked like. And I think even if you are not an OBM, I think understanding sort of the journey and the progression that a service space or online business can take and how to know what direction to go in, signs that you need to do things like hire or scale or pull back um, 
I don't know. I think it's going to have a lot of gems in there. So I'm excited for that. But I've also really been wanting to, it's been in my heart to talk to other entrepreneurs and sort of dig into their origin story. For me, I always find that so inspiring and so interesting. I'm even thinking of entrepreneurs that have brick and mortar stores. I'm thinking about doing a few interviews like that, seeing what you guys think. But as always, if you guys have any ideas for what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of, I can take it. So (laughs) you can always tell me that. But if you want to send me DMs, a lot of times just conversations with you guys that I'm having inspires episodes and inspires the conversations that we have. So We should probably add in like what I'll be reading this fall with Kim. We'll see if we can get her scheduled and uh, pick her brain and maybe even like a what we read this summer with reviews if you guys want. So it could be like a two-parter. And then in December, we should probably bring back our, should we call it our annual spicy book episode? (laughs) Because I tell you what, you guys, that spicy book episode has been in the top three of most downloaded shows since we put it out. So (laughs) I think based on those numbers, you want a tiny bit more about spicy books. Listen, we work hard, but we also have to play hard. Speaking of playing hard, I have been knitting my little fingers down to nubs and making some cool things. So I'm kind of torn. I feel like, should I just start a knitting IG as like a fun sort of side place to put all the knitting content or should I keep peppering it in because sometimes on the weekends or something I'll take a picture of what I'm working on while I'm listening to podcasts or kind of consuming things watching a movie with the kids so if you guys have a thought about where you think I should put the knitting stuff if you could care less maybe I should just start a knitting account and just find my people over there so I am finishing up this really cute knitted t-shirt, which will be perfect, sort of transitional from summer to fall. And then, I don't know, I have a bunch of things on my list. So your guess is as good as mine, but I have a sweater on my list. I do have a tank top that I want to knit, which I think even in the fall winter will be good layered underneath other things. It's wool. And I have some gift knits planned for Christmas because it's never too early to think about that, especially because I knit very slowly. (laughs) So this is your reminder that if you don't have a hobby that you can kind of count on to decompress, to find some joy in, then it definitely fills you up, fills your creativity and fills your heart with those hobbies. And listen, if you're a mom or a parent with really little kids, I get it. Like that is not the easiest season to try to find and carve out those times for yourself. But I still think it's, it's really important, even if it's reading a really good book or, you know, getting outside and going on a walk and calling that your sort of, you know, nature hobby for a season. So I would love to hear from you guys how your mid-year check-in is, if you've done one If you've taken the time to think about like where you want to go for the rest of the year, how the first part of the year has looked for you, Uh, if you want to commiserate with any of the things that haven't worked out, my DMs are always open. On Instagram, I'm Julie Calcote OBM, and I just adore you guys. You listening to this show, reviewing it, 
all those things just make it possible that I can continue to do something that I absolutely love. And I can't tell you how much that means to me. And it's because of you guys that this is even possible. So sending you lots of love. If you have little kids that are going back to school, big kids, if you have children (laughs) that are leaving your house, I will be commiserating, crying slash celebrating with you at the same time, because it's always a thing. It's a new routine, isn't it? All right, my friends, see you on the next episode.